Hey girl, hey, and welcome to another installment of That Real Housewives Roundup with me, Invincibly. Let's go on a journey as we discuss the latest antics of the Real Housewives we love, love, love. Today, we're discussing episode 4 of season 2 of the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. It's a night at the casino and all bets are off. We meet new friend Angie, she came in hot, she understood the assignment. While Jen was throwing her diamonds in the snow, Mary was dancing for diamonds at the casino. The ladies also witnessed an epic dry-eyed meltdown courtesy of Lisa Barlow. Let's discuss all this and more starting now on That Real Housewives Roundup. And I'm here to collect my Sunday treat, honey, courtesy of Bravo TV. Welcome aboard. Another week has gone by and I'm back to bring you the latest roundup on the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Girl, this week's episode threw me for a loop. We ventured away from the typical drama between our ladies and got introduced to some new friends that brought a whole new layer to the show. I can't wait to get into it and dissect a little more later on. All bets are off. We start the show right where we left off last week at Jane's ice fishing expedition where she got cast the fuck out by Meredith who is tired of Jane's lies and denies. We see Jane having one of her epic meltdowns again. Listen, girlfriend threw her fits and she had to defend her vagina yet again. Lisa then intervenes and tries to defuse the situation by assigning herself as the head girl on the school playground. At this point Lisa also pulled a boss move. A boss move that I actually would like to incorporate into my life the next time when I have to defuse a brawl between my girls. And let me tell you, this move will come in handy. Lisa takes Jen's Louis backpack, wears it on her back and is now keeping the damn bag hostage, securing the bag. Jen, who didn't want to listen to Lisa's reasoning, couldn't run away, even if she wanted to. That was a good one, Lisa. But that's your only proud moment for this episode. It's going downhill from here. As Lisa is trying to explain to Jen that Brooks didn't come out, and that Meredith refuses to promote the conversation, we have the bad weather girls sitting on the sidelines, giving us an excellent play-by-play -play side commentary on this whole damn scene. ESPN-worthy commentary. I'm telling you, call it the weather report. <laughs> the pair were a whole mood, sitting there observing it all. Heather comments that she ain't getting up and going to the weak side of the ice lake because she lied about her weight. Forget the ice. I was weak. I'm with you, Heather. I'm with you. Jen, hella riled up at this point throw her $70,000 diamond tennis bracelet in rage in the snow. And Lisa reminds us and the feds at the back no less than three times that that damn bracelet was $70,000. Y'all might say that she threw the bracelet in rage. I say girlfriend was trying to get rid of evidence. Allegedly. I was looking at that thing with questions in my eyes. I wouldn't throw that thing away even if it was made with cubic zirconias. Bitch, 
It sparkles. Stu chimes then steps into the mess of a scene. <sighs> At this point, all I thought was, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck is the scene with Stu talking Jen down from a 10 to a 7 to a 4 to a 1? What kind of relationship is that? Is that what first assistants do? Apart from being her dog walker and a bag carrier, is he now her therapist and anger whisperer too? What is going on here, y'all? We're finally out of the snow and into the cozy abode of Sister Mary Marta, where she's in her kitchen fighting with eggs, and it seems like them eggs were winning too. She brought out the big ones with that multicolored wooden spatula, and yet that didn't help. Side note, we also learned in this episode that she was named Mary, to love God and Marta to be a worker. And girl is living up to her name. It's in the name, y'all. It's in the name. Anyway, she's still feeling some kind of way over her son Robert that still wants nothing to do with her. He's not even interested in giving her a full sentence. Robert was saved by the well, literally, when the doorbell rang and in walks Meredith with a fresh red face, claiming that she just had a vampire facial. I wonder if it was done at Beauty Lab and Laser. Meredith then gives Mary the lowdown on the ice fishing trip. Nothing new, but you know, I was sitting here thinking something is missing. How great would it have been if Meredith brought Brooksy over for a playdate with Robert? Now that I could get into. Think about it. Then again, we see the ever-traveling Lisa, that one is never at home, on her way to a friend's house, which is known for how many ever years it might have been. We get to meet Sarah Jane and Angie. Now this is where the plot thickens, people. Angie, who is introduced to us as Lisa's friend, lets us know that she is related to Whitney. Apparently, they were first friends that became inbred polygamy cousins. Lisa's words, not mine. Angie and Lisa then discuss the friendship that Angie has with Whitney, and Lisa enthralled about it, even though she pretends not to care. Hmm. Angie then invites the girls to a casino-themed charity event hosted at her house. Now in the next scene we see Whittles meeting Angie, and they go further into explaining how they became cousins by sharing a great-great-great-great-great-great, uh, another great-grandfather. Angie then tells Whitney about her meeting with Lisa and Yal. This Angie did not come to play. She immediately starts stirring the pot and spills the soup that Lisa asks her not to acknowledge Whitney or claim her as a cousin. I thought y'all were thick as thieves a minute ago, Angie. Now we know Lisa is feeling some kind of way over Angie and Whitney being grand friend cousins. But y'all, next thing we know, Lisa's caterer friends, that were supposed to do the catering for the casino charity event, pulled out at the last minute. Child. And all fingers is pointing at it being Lisa's doing. Bam. Whitney makes it clear that it smells like sabotage and it's got Lisa Barlow's name written all over it. Now everyone is amped for the casino night event and it's creating quite a stir, as all of it is heller against Mormon traditions and customs. Girl, 
This was an event that were hosted on holy soil, filled with alcoholic drinks, roulette tables and everything in between. Breaking the word of wisdom, as the holier than thou, Jen Shusplains. Girl, it's a mess that's got me parched. I'll explain all of this and more after this quick break. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of That Real Housewives Roundup. Join me each week as we discuss the latest antics of the housewives we love, the roundup reviews and my personal favorite, the Leanne Rhymes. Go on, subscribe to this podcast and engage with me on all socials at Real Housewives Roundup. Don't be tardy for this podcast party. Now, back to the show. We're now at Angie's residence for casino night. These girls came dressed, honey, like they're stepping out of a cheap 70s casino-inspired movie. We had Whitney and a stiff curtain bangs. We had furs and feathers resting over these ladies' shoulders. We had the men's all dapper and suited, but y'all. The ultimate supreme scene was the strings of diamonds that were being draped around this ladies on arrival. My girl Mary Carrot Cosby even broke out in a Beyonce dance when she saw that 106 carats of diamonds dangling in front of her. Epic! Yes, all in all, the show had to go on. Lisa's plan backfired. They were catering aplenty. Girl, let me tell you, Coach Shaw was in attendance and Mr. looked hella relieved to be out and about mingling, having fun and being his very animated self. His wife Jen, on the other hand, walked in, cold as ice, to the point where the trio of ladies, Mary, Whitney and Jenny, tried to dodge her. They were not about to have their energy sucked and drained by the monster on the other side of the room. The dodging and diving got so intense that the church lady Mary, in a sequined money green suit, tried to climb over the balustrade in Angie's house. This is grown woman, y'all. I was looking at this shit thinking, how many girls does it take to jump a fence? Lisa walks in, unfashionably late, with an ugly leather skirt, thanks Sutton, walking into the party that she thought would be a dud, greeting everyone except Whitney. But wait, there's more girl. We just met Angie and here she's having her own confessional at all. Who is this woman? She came to serve. Now listen, this was an intimate charity event in a residential house with 50 attendees at most. In came a man called Josh James and he throws one million dollars right into their laps like it's nothing. It must be the holy land on which they are gambling on, or the spirit of the liquor. 
Angie was so stoked that she had to change into her million dollar pink feather dress. I'm telling y'all. Girlfriend came ready for the camera time. On the other side of the room, we see a very calm Jen trying to strike up a conversation with Mary. Wanting to have a cookout or crab bake or something. Now Mary might be a mess, but she's no fool. Girlfriend saw right through Jen and lets her know that she's phony and that Jen needs to stay steady. With a pinky promise. Where Jen and I stand as of now is I allowed myself to put the door open. But I also had a screen there. You know those like those screens that you touch they have a little bit of electric voltage because the trust has been burned. Now at this point I thought the episode became stale. We had enough dice rolling, fakery from the men, costume changes, even Heather teaching Mary some beauty lab and laser selfie camera beauty tricks. It got stale. Until Angie called Lisa into a private room for a chat. Y'all! Angie made it known to Lisa that she's woke and she knows of Lisa's interference with the catering, trying to sabotage the event. Lisa girl, now you know you got caught red-handed. Girlfriend was in the hot seat. So hot that she had to call Jen and Meredith in order to defend and deflect. That Angie didn't back down. It was now a room with four women and in comes Chris, who introduced himself earlier as Angie's wife, also looking for his 30 seconds of camera time. Child. I gave one look at Chris and thought, Sir, you look hella uncomfortable in that suit as you're sitting at the edge of the seat next to the ostrich dress. Unbutton yourself. You're in your own house. As Angie and Lisa is having a very heated conversation, in walks Whitney. Bangs and all and boom. Lisa nearly lost it. She had the nerve to ask Whitney, what the fuck is she doing here? Girl, with all of this fuckery going on, we see Jane sitting in on the meeting with glee. Cause for once, she's not the target or the cause. That Whitney knew that this was her moment and she laid all of Lisa's manipulating and backstabbing shit out on the table. She told the whole room of people about Lisa's text messages to Angie, which has been verified, mind you. Text about Lisa wanting Angie to disassociate with Whitney, etc, etc, etc. You asked Angie to not acknowledge that she's related to me. You asked her not to follow me on social media. You asked her to disown knowing me because why am I, this why you am I, you why and Heather so were relentless with me and I was like, why are you seeking out a friendship with this? I don't with under, this I was not person that's going for me. Thanks for telling her what I told you. I thought we were friends. So Lisa, we are friends. Do I keep confidences? Lisa, wait, I don't mean it. Sit down. I don't At this point, Lisa Barlow had a Jane Shaw with the meltdown as she's howling without tears. She tried it by over talking, 
deflecting and fake crying for her husband John. Before she storms off, she had the nerve to turn around and tell Angie that she's heartbroken by her. Phew! At that point, I wish that someone could have pulled the Lisa on Lisa by taking her bag and wear it so that Lisa couldn't leave the casino. Lisa needed to face that false music. Girlfriend storms out, walks away with dry eyes. Don't let the door hit you on your way out now, Lisa. In the preview for next week, we see the two OGs, Caroline Manzo and Danielle. Up, I mean... Brooks Marks and Jen sitting down for a one-on-one. -on -one. Jen came decked out to apologize to Brooks. Can't wait to see how this mess and everything else plays out. With that said, it's time for a Leanne Rhyme. Hit it! All bets were off at Casino Night. Hosted by Angie, she's half a delight. The game of the evening was friendship roulette. Jen stayed clear of the tables, cause she'll get into more national debt. There's nothing worse than a party with no food. That's what Lisa said with a bad attitude. But what was awesome was Lisa's breakdown. No, not a breakdown, but a dried-eyed fake down. Bye, bitch. <laughs>